Good morning. My name is Maureen Brown, and it is my uh, privilege to be with you this morning and bring this uh, message in our series called Follow Me. So Kevin talked a little bit about um, what the series that we're in, I'd say, would ignore the model train following and think of the steps that you see behind me. Um, this, this Follow Me series is an invitation to, a, to living a life of daily response to Jesus. And at the core of it is discipleship. And so this fall, we're walking through our discipleship steps, the four steps of create community, experience and model Jesus' love, train one another in obedience, and serve and proclaim the gospel. And, and in the past few weeks, we've heard a lot about create community. And we learned some things about community, the three realities that we all long for community, that all community is broken, and that God redeems and uses broken community. It's our brokenness that brings him near. Our lead pastor, Bruce Enns, stated in the introduction to the series that we follow a person, not a set of rules. We are following Jesus. I just need to put a plug in for Grove Youth here at, uh, because Grove Youth has an incredible vision statement that goes along with our discipleship steps. And this is their vision statement. Grove Youth exists to know, experience, and follow Jesus together. Isn't that awesome? And then some more explanation that I don't have up there. It's, it's we want to be a community seeking to know Jesus, discovering our identity in him, engaging in the local church, and sharing Jesus' love with others. Isn't that awesome? So well put into their context. I'll be praying for youth. It's a great vision statement. So um, the discipleship steps are not linear. It's not like you do step one, and then you move on to step two, and then you move on to step three. They're not linear. They flow in and out of each other. So we just need to, even though we've called them steps, it's a process that is cyclical and keeps going. This morning, we are in uh, beginning a series of three messages on our second step, experience and model Jesus' love. And I'm going to spend this morning quite a bit in the word experience. That's where we're going to be. Um, And the whole topic of God's love is actually quite amazing. It it doesn't even make sense. It, It doesn't make sense because I'd like to ask this question. What would cause God to love people who do not deserve his love, perhaps do not want his love, but desperately need it. Desperately need his love. Our human approach to loving people and people getting what they deserve can be so different than God's. We often jump right to the punishment phase. And we say things like this, someday they will get what they deserve. We say things like, someday they will meet their, yeah, meet their maker. But we don't really say that in love, do we? Someday they'll meet their maker. It's not love. And someday we say they'll meet their Waterloo. For a long time, I didn't even know what the Waterloo was. I just thought, I don't want to live in Waterloo. It's a, you can look up the history I did. It's a battle. Or we say things like, you made your bed, you can lie in it. That's what we say. Or we say things like, 
it'll come back to bite you. I've often wondered, what's coming back to bite you? I don't really know. And some of you are thinking the end of that one too, where it will bite you. Don't think that. It'll come back to bite you. Why do we say these things? They come out of hurt and wounding. I, I heard of this restaurant sign that said this, there is no menu here. No need to order. We will take care of it. Just please come in, sit down, and you will get served what you deserve. Yikes. I don't want to eat at that restaurant. But the reality is there's a lot of truth to these statements. There's a lot of truth. We do live out the consequences of our choices. Because we would say you can't really make the same mistake twice. Once you make it the second time, it's actually a choice. It's actually a choice. And we behave our way into a lot of problems. But there's one problem that is so big, and we cannot, it's impossible to behave your way out of it. There's only one way out of it. We can follow our way out. The biggest problems humans have ever had is our separation from God. And the solution of that problem and for that problem is Jesus. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for this gathering here. And Lord, I thank you that no one is in this room by accident. We are all here. We want to hear from you, Lord. I pray that as I share, the things that are of me will fall away, and the things that are of you and your Holy Spirit, those will be the things that stick, stay, and do the real teaching. Thank you, Lord. I pray these things in your name. Amen. So I ask the question again, what would cause God to love people who do not deserve his love, perhaps do not want his love, but desperately need his love? Will you turn with me in your Bibles to 1 John 4? We're going to be in verses 7 to 10. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So the motive of his love is because he is love. This is a verse I teach over and over again whenever I get to speak in front of a group of children or start a VBS or start a camp. Whoever does not love does not know God. And I highlight the second part with actions. 1 John 4, 8. Because God is love. So he is love. It's his character. It's his nature. It's who he is. So the motive for his love is he loves us because he is love. The word love is used in the Bible so many times, and um, it actually refers to different contexts of love. So we have to go back to the Greek, and some of you will have heard the Greek words for love, but I just want to go over them again this morning. There's four main words that are Greek words for love, and they are storge, which is a familiar love, eros, which is a romantic love, philea, which is an affectionate love, and agape. Agape is the highest form of love in the Bible, and it is 
the Greek word for love in the passages that we've read this morning. It's God's agape love. It's used to describe the love that is from God, can only be from God, whose very nature is love itself. The type of love that characterizes God is not a warm, fuzzy, sentimental feeling, as we often hear portrayed. God loves because that is his nature. That is who he is. It starts there. So if we know that's the motive, is that he is love, what about the manifestation? If we go to that, how did God love us? Well, it says it in that verse. In verse 9 of that portion that we read, he showed it. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So God's love is displayed most clearly and completely at the cross. That's it. The cross. And that brings me to the cost of his love. Firstly, it was sacrificial. It was and is sacrificial. He demonstrated his agape love, the sacrifice of his son. Will you say this with me? Lots of you know it. Some of, for some of you, it may be new. Would you recite John 3.16 with me in whatever paraphrase you love? Let's start together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Everlasting life, eternal life. Thank you. It was sacrificial. He gave. It was and it is gracious. God's agape love is unmerited. We don't deserve it. It's a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works. So no man should boast. Next, it was, it was and is undeserved. It's undeserved. Romans 5, 8 says, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. No repentance, no needing it, no asking for it. But we were still sinners. He died for us. And lastly, it was and is desperately needed. Ephesians 2, 1 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it says again, it is by grace you have been saved. So we had a problem we couldn't solve, that separation problem, and Jesus solved a problem that he actually didn't have. Maybe these words, maybe these words seem like, yeah, 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 I heard that before. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. If that, if that is the way that you're hearing this message, I would ask you to do this. And it may seem hard, but really it's so easy because God and his Holy Spirit does all the work. If these seem trivial to you and something you've heard over and over again, this morning, in the privacy of just where you're sitting, I'm not going to ask you to do anything public, will you just open up your heart and your mind to what God wants to speak to you today about his love. This is the beautiful power of the Holy Spirit. Everyone is in a different place, and everyone needs to hear about his love in a different way today. So will you open up your heart and mind? Because it can't just be words. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. It can't just be words. It has to be not head knowledge, but something that is a heart experience. That is truly when we will experience God's love. 
And as you open up, I'm confident of this. He will meet you where you need to be met. But he won't leave you there. I remember in high school, a friend told me about Jesus' love. And she told me all these things that Jesus died on the cross and all these reasons that he died. And I remember in high school thinking, oh yeah, 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 that's good, that's nice. I like that Jesus loves me. But I I wasn't really um, ready for it. I said, thanks. Maybe someday. Well, that someday came when my life was kind of crumbling and falling apart. And I did reach out. I remember her words. It wasn't her that, that met me. It was Jesus that met me. And I had an experience of his love and a forgiveness in a way that it's really hard to put into words. I had an encounter with Jesus that actually changed the direction of my life. Was it all easy and all up on the uphill bound? No, it wasn't. But it, was, it changed. It transformed me. God meets us exactly where we are if we honestly seek him. There's a woman in the Bible that was called unclean. For 12 years, she suffered with a condition, with hemorrhaging condition, that no doctors could fix. I'm sure her family spent, they they went to all kinds of doctors, lost all their money. Eventually, it was, you're unclean. And she had to be put away, away from her family, away from her family, didn't see them, had no relationship with them, no, no connection with them. She was unclean. And every time she went out in public, she had to yell, unclean, unclean, because no one wanted to be around or touch someone that was unclean. I'm sure people scattered as she went out. But then she heard about him. She heard about Jesus. And she thought, if I can just get to Jesus, I think he can help me. So I can imagine that she covered herself up and she walked out of where she was. And you know what? For the first time when she went in public for all those years, she didn't yell unclean. Because if she'd have yelled it, she wouldn't have been able to get to the crowd that she needed to get to. And the crowd that was around Jesus, and I can just imagine, she just reached out, and she reached out as hard as she could, and reached out, if only I can touch him, if only I can touch him. And she got a piece of the hem of his garment. That's all she got. And when she got the piece of the hem of his garment, she felt it go through her. She experienced Jesus' love. She experienced his healing. She experienced his power. And then Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? Well, I I can imagine what went through her mind. I I got hot. I shouldn't be. But then he's Jesus. He knows. So she says, it was me. And then for the first time in years, this woman that was out of relationship, can you imagine hearing these words? Daughter. He called her daughter. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. There's another person in the Bible that got himself into a situation that was actually of his choosing. Not something that happened to him, but something that he chose his way into. He behaved his way into. And that's Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector. So he was one of the highest tax collectors, despised and hated, made horrible choices, robbed people, became wealthy. The Bible tells us he was very wealthy. And then he heard about him. He heard about Jesus. And something in Zacchaeus must have drawn him to this man, and he must have known something's wrong with me inside. We can't tell Zacchaeus 
you're wrong. Lots of people did. But something drew him that was bigger than himself. And so the Bible tells us he was a short man, so he had to climb up a tree as Jesus was going by. Even if you can imagine that scene, I can imagine, I bet he had to have bodyguards. He was a little guy. People would have wanted to beat him up. And so as he was up in the tree watching, and something in his heart was changing. And as Jesus and the people walked by, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house. Jesus knew something is changing in his heart. And then the Bible tells us that all the people around said, are you kidding? You're choosing him? You're choosing him to visit? You're choosing him to go to his house? What about me? I've been living this life. I've been doing these things. I've been following you. What about me? You're choosing him? And then the Bible goes on to tell us that Jesus went to his house. And Zacchaeus experienced Jesus' love and forgiveness And it transformed his life. Now, I'm sure Zacchaeus, that wasn't instant, like the woman that touched the hem. Zacchaeus' forgiveness was instant, but he had to follow his way out of that mess. He had to rebuild his reputation. He had to, the Bible tells us he gave back four times. He gave back way more than he'd taken. But it would have been a journey. At the end of our portion in Zacchaeus in the Bible, it reminds us that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost, to restore that which was lost. Woman at the well, another story from the Bible. She went for water in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day, because she didn't want to go in the evening when all the other women would go to draw water and visit and be together and in the coolness of the evening. She went in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day, because no one else would be there. Because she had made so many horrible choices, and she'd got herself into such a place that her life was falling apart. It was a mess. And she was tired of the sneers and the looks and the talk. Now, she had done it. I'm sure some things that happened to her weren't always her choice, but lots of it was her choice. And she was in a mess. And then she didn't recognize it at first. But she knew there was something different about this man that she ran into at the well. And the first things that were different is he was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. And Jews didn't normally relate to Samaritans or talk to them. But he talked to her. The second thing was he was a man and she was a woman. And he shouldn't really talk to her. But he talked to her. And as she was going to draw water, he said these words to her. If you drink of the water that I give you, you will never thirst again. And then she started to realize who this was. And he said to her, go and get your husband and come back. And then she came clean. Then she confessed and realized and talked about her brokenness. She said, I don't have a husband. And he said, I know you don't. You've actually had five husbands and the man you're living with now isn't your husband. He knew everything about her. Just as he knows everything about each of us everything but he met her where she was at and she had an encounter with jesus that turned her life around the bible tells us the end of that story that because this was such a a radical encounter with god with jesus that she she transformed she started to become this different person in love and she followed her way out of the things that she had behaved her way into. And the Bible tells us that many came to know Jesus because of her testimony. 
The power of a testimony that someone that's in a dark place, that has behaved their way into a mess, when Jesus meets them there and when they truly turn to him, they can follow their way out. And it can be the model of Jesus' love that can speak and change and help others. My friend Cynthia, my friend Diane, my friends Jenny and Francis, my friend Irma, and others never knew of his love and then had an encounter with Jesus and experienced his love and it turned their lives around. They were on a path one direction, had an encounter, something, and it turned their lives around. Was it easy for all of them? No. Because lots of them had behaved their way into that. Forgiveness came instantly, but they had to follow their way out. A few years ago, I received a call late at night from a youth pastor in BC, married with three children, that had been having an affair with a girl in his youth group. He was about to make one of the biggest mistakes of his life. And he called me late at night, outside his home, actually probably kind of hiding in a bush. And he called me more to convince me that what he was doing was right. And after I listened to him, I said, there's a window of opportunity for you here. You can do the right thing. Jesus can help you. And before I got the name of Jesus out of my mouth, he said, stop. Don't even go there. He hasn't been there for me for years. I want to say that that youth pastor was wrong. Jesus was there. It was him that chose to walk away. And I don't think people walk away from this experience intentionally. It can happen over time. Small choices that we make that don't have Jesus first. Then maybe we start faking it, saying the right words, going through the motions, and then there's a cooling off period, and then our hearts, before you know it, can become cold. And so then sometimes we can hear these things about the cost of his love and we can just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But our hearts have become cold. It's just head knowledge, not a heart experience. And I think one of the reasons, or three of the reasons, I'd like to suggest we can end up there. Firstly, is we lose sight of the cross. We can never fall into the trap of losing sight of the cross. It's, it's our salvation. Secondly, we forget where we were at when we first experienced Jesus' love and forgiveness. If I'm not careful, I can forget back to that time where my friend said, you just have to reach out, and I reached out, and something happened in me. I received Jesus' love, his forgiveness, and my life was changed. And thirdly, I think we lose our identity. We lose our identity in Jesus, and then we begin to find our identity in other places. Before you know it, we are totally finding our identity in things that aren't of God. You may be hearing this message this morning from many different perspectives. And I realize in a group this size, that's why I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit does the real teaching. Because I'm hooked if I think that I can speak and you'll hear what you need to hear. 
And maybe you're saying, I've heard this message about Jesus, and that's why I came actually to this church this morning, because I heard that you guys love him. And I don't know him, but I want to know him. And if that's what you're hearing this morning, I just say, would you ask him, would you reach out and say, would you come into my life? Would you forgive me and help me to follow you? And he wants to meet you exactly there where you're at, but he will not leave you there. Maybe you're saying, Jesus, I know you, but I'm going through something that is the most painful thing I've ever gone through in my life, and I'm barely hanging on by a thread. Will you help me? Do you know that he truly, I believe that those people are given an extra measure of grace, an extra experience of his love, And I'd say, keep holding on. The Holy Spirit and Jesus will meet you exactly where you're at and won't leave you there. Or maybe you're saying, Jesus, I've known you, but my faith has grown cold. To experience him and those words about sacrifice, they're just feeling like words. I'm empty, I feel dry. And I want my relationship back. Maybe you're thinking, I'm not even sure how it happened, but sometimes I, I just think I'm, I'm faking it. I'm going through these motions. I want to experience your love in a way that transforms me. I want to say for you this morning, he wants to meet you exactly where you're at, but he won't leave you there. He won't leave you there He wants you to experience his love, and it's going to take uh, an honest seeking. It's going to say, I'm turning. I want to turn. I want you. I want to experience your love in a way that transforms me so that I truly can model and that my testimony can have the power to draw others to you. The love of the Father, our Heavenly Father, will meet you exactly where you're at morning and you too is in first john 3 1 he wants you to be his son and his daughter will you pray with me heavenly father i thank you so much for who you are lord i thank you for the gift of your death on the cross for us may we never forget that May we never forget that we are, we are dead without that. Lord, will you bring us back to that reminder all the time? Lord, I pray for each person in this room that's hearing this message. Lord, I pray will you meet them where they are. I know that you, you can. Lord, will you fill them? Will you help them to go through things that they thought they'd never have to go through, that they feel they can't go through? Will you show them that you can be there? You can be there for them in that. Lord, for those that are hearing this message and saying, I don't really know you, Jesus, will you help them to reach out? Help them to reach out, ask you, invite you into their life for forgiveness and so they can experience your love. And Lord, for those that have grown cold, Lord, will you give them a fresh filling this morning? Will you help them to experience you in a way that wasn't just what they had before, but was better than what they had before? And Lord, will you help us to follow you because you are good.
pray these things in your name. Amen.